0: Well, if we could, uh, with the Lord's help and the Lord's enabling this morning, if we could turn back to that portion of scripture that we read, uh, the Gospel according to John, uh, John chapter 4, John chapter 4, and we're going to look at the whole chapter, but if we read again from verse 3, so John chapter 4 and verse 3. He, that is Jesus, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Cypher, near the field that Jacob had given to his, his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Give me a drink. As you we were saying to the children, if you could have half an hour with Jesus, what would you ask him? If you could have half an hour with Jesus, what would you ask him? Would you ask him about salvation? That all-important question. What must I do? To be saved, would you ask Jesus about sin? Can you really cleanse me, Jesus? Can you really wash me as white as snow? Would you ask Jesus about sickness? Why is this illness come into my life? Why is it come into my family? Or would you ask Jesus about sorrow? Why is losing someone you love so painful? My friend, if you could have half an hour with Jesus, what would you ask him? Would you ask him about salvation, sin, sickness, or sorrow? Or would you ask him about something else? If you could have half an hour with Jesus, what would you ask him? And the reason I ask this question is because this Samaritan woman, she had half an hour with Jesus. And that half an hour changed her life. And this morning, you and I, we have the same privilege. Because we are being given half an hour with Jesus. Half an hour with Jesus. And I just want us to consider this half an hour with Jesus under three simple headings. A well with a past, a woman with a past, and a worshipper with a past. So a well with a past, a woman with a past, and a worshipper with a past. So first of all, a well with a past. A well with a past. We read there in verse 4. And he that is Jesus had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Cypher, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. And you know, I love the way that John introduces this section because he says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria.
1: Don't miss that in
0: verse verse 4. He had to pass through Samaria. Literally John was telling us that it it was necessary that Jesus went through Samaria. In other words, this half an hour meeting with Jesus, it wasn't by chance or coincidence. It wasn't fate or fortune. It wasn't an accident, but it was a divine appointment. It was a necessary appointment. It was necessary for Jesus to pass through Samaria. And it was necessary because Jesus wanted to speak to this particular woman on this particular day, at this particular time, in this particular place. And you know, my friend, the same is true for you. Because this morning, you're meeting with Jesus. You're meeting with Jesus in His Word. You're meeting with Jesus in the gospel, and you're meeting with him this morning, it isn't by chance or coincidence, it isn't fate or fortune, it's not an accident, no, this is a divine appointment, because the Lord knew, this is the thing, the Lord knew that you would be here this morning, despite the wind and the rain, he knew that you would be here, the Lord knew that you would be in the high free church this morning. So I want to say to you this morning, as we begin, give your attention to Jesus. For half an hour, give your attention to Jesus this morning. For half an hour, because what we see here is that this necessary and appointed meeting with this Samaritan woman, it took place at Jacob's well near the Samaritan town of Sychar. And as we read, Jesus and his disciples they arrived near the town of Sychar around the sixth hour. It was midday. It was lunchtime. Which is why the disciples went into the town to buy some food. But Jesus, we're told, he was wearied from his journey. He sat down at Jacob's well. And he sat there waiting for this divine appointment, this divine meeting, to take place. And you know, you can't help but imagine what Jesus was thinking. As he sat there at Jacob's well at midday. He sat at Jacob's well waiting for this Samaritan woman to arrive. He knew that she was coming. She didn't know he was there. But he knew she was coming. And you have to wonder what Jesus was thinking. After all, this was Jacob's well. Jacob was an ancestor of Jesus. And there was a lot of history connected with this well, Jacob's well. In fact, this well was a monument. This well was a meeting place throughout the Old Testament. And it was certainly the case for Jacob's well. It was a historical monument, and meeting place. It was a well with a past. Because it was Jacob's well, it had been around for generations. In fact, we're told there in verse 12 that Jacob himself drank from this well, as did his twelve sons and their livestock. It was a well with a past. But the fact that Jacob's well was located in Samaria, of all places, Samaria, that's significant. Because for generations there was this animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans. And it can be traced all the way back to Joseph. Because like Joseph, who was Jacob's son, he was Jacob's favourite son, he was given that uh, coloured raincoat, uh, you remember how he was given the coat? The coat of many colours. He was Jacob Jacob's son. He was the object of Jacob's favour. But as the object of Jacob's favour, Joseph was also an outcast among his brothers. Because you remember that Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was sold into Egypt. But you know what's interesting about this narrative and Jacob's well and Joseph is that the Samaritans were descendants of Joseph. And they too, Samaritans, they too were outcasts among the people of Israel. So like Joseph, who was the proverbial black sheep of the family, the Samaritans were the black sheep of the children of Israel. They were the outcasts. They were those who were rejected from the larger grouping of Israel. Which makes sense as to why the Samaritan woman was surprised that Jesus asked her for a drink. She says in verse 9, She says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. My friend, Jacob's well was a well with a past. And when Jesus was at Jacob's well, he was showing us one thing. This is the thing, and this is what I want you to get. Jacob's well is a message to all of us that Jesus loves those... Jesus loves those with a past. He loves sinners. He loves the outcasts of society. He loves the nobodies in this world. He loves the black sheep of the family. He loves those with a history. He loves those who think that they're too sinful and too far gone. He loves those who think that they're beyond the pale. He loves those who dismiss themselves as unwanted and unworthy and unwelcome to come to Jesus. And you know my friend, Jacob, Jesus sat at Jacob's well because he was wanting to show this woman and us as sinners that regardless of our past, Jesus wants us in the present. Regardless of our past, Jesus wants us in the present. You know, this passage is telling us that Jesus loves sinners like you and I. Jesus loves you. That's what we often teach the children in Bible school. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And you know, that's what this half an hour with Jesus is all about. It's to remind you that you may have a past. We all have a past. But Jesus loves you in the present. And he wants you to deal with Jesus in the present today. Jesus loves sinners and he's calling you to come to him. And so there's a well with a past. But it was at a well with a past that Jesus met a woman with a past. Which is what we see secondly: A woman with a past. A woman with a past. Look at verse 7. It says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. You know, when this Samaritan woman arrived at Jacob's well, the last thing she expected was to find someone there, especially a man, because it was midday.
1: It was midday, it was the
0: hottest time of the day, and it was only women who ever went out to the well to draw water, but women usually went out to the well in the evening when it was cool. They went out to the well in the evening to draw water. And yet, this Samaritan woman, she came to Jacob's well. And when she came, Jesus was sitting there, waiting for her. Jesus was waiting for her. And she was going to have this half an hour with Jesus that would change her life. And you know, it must have been a bit startling for her. To see someone sitting at Jacob's well. Because this woman, she was on her own and yet she was being confronted by a complete stranger sitting there waiting for her. But you know, you look at this passage and you think, well, you can learn a lot about personal evangelism from the personal example of Jesus. Because this woman, she was going to have half an hour with Jesus, which wasn't long. And yet it was necessary for Jesus to speak to her. It was necessary for Jesus to speak to her about her soul. And you know my Christian friend here this morning, the same is true for you and I. Because we're to be engaged in personal evangelism. We're to be engaged in personal evangelism where we should try, and I know it's not easy, we should try and speak to people about their soul. And even invite them to come to church. But sometimes we don't have half an hour due, which is why we should view every meeting as providential. We should see every opportunity as important. We should make every minute count. We should see these moments as crucial moments for personal evangelism. But notice, notice Jesus doesn't begin by he doesn't begin his evangelistic conversation by asking this woman about her soul or her sin or even her circumstances. Instead, Jesus just initiates the conversation by simply asking the question Can I get a drink of water? How simple. Can I get a drink of water? But you know, the way the woman, the Samaritan woman, responded, responds to Jesus, it indicates that she doesn't really want to talk to Jesus. She's seen this man, a Jacob's well, but she doesn't want to talk to him. Not just because he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan. She doesn't want to talk to him because she thinks that she doesn't need this Jesus in her life. She She thinks that she doesn't need another man in her life, this Jesus. And you know my unconverted friend here this morning. I wonder if you like that. You often come here on a Sunday morning and have half an hour with Jesus. And you meet with Jesus. Maybe you enjoy being with Jesus. You enjoy coming to church. And you enjoy gathering with God's people. But then you go home. And when you go home, you go into your normal routine. You go into the rest of the week thinking to yourself, Well, I don't need Jesus. I don't need Jesus in my life. I don't want Jesus in my life. Maybe later. Maybe at a more convenient time in my life, maybe when I'm a bit older, maybe when I've been diagnosed with a, with an illness, but not now, not today, not yet. I'll have Jesus for half an hour on a Sunday morning, but I don't want Jesus every hour of my life. But you know, listen to what Jesus says to this woman. Jesus says to her in verse 10, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus was saying to this woman, and he's saying to you this morning, my unconverted friend, He saying to you, if you knew, if you knew that I am the Son of God and the Savior, Savior of sinners, you would know that it's not me that needs something from you, but it's you that needs something from me. And what you need from me, says Jesus, is living water. What you need from me is living water. And of course this woman at the well, she didn't realize that what it was that was on offer here. She didn't realize what living water really was. Because she asks where to get this living water. She says in verse 11, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? And the conversation continues in verse 13. Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is speaking to this woman about living water. Water that will quench the thirst of her soul. Water that's able to satisfy her deep desires. But I want you to notice what Jesus doesn't say. Notice what Jesus doesn't say, because he doesn't say, whoever drinks of, verse 14, whoever drinks of the water that I will give high will never be thirsty again. For the water that I will give high will become in high a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You'd expect Jesus to say, Hi, because he's speaking to a woman. But instead, we're told that Jesus says, Him. Him. He says, Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again, for the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And do you see what Jesus is doing? This woman is at Jacob's well you have to ask, well, why is she there in the first place? Why is she getting water? Why is she there at midday when everybody else comes in the evening? Why is she there in the hot sun? And it's all because, as we know from the passage, it's all because there's a man in the house. There's a man in the house and the man in the house is not her husband. And she's getting water for the man in the house because she's ashamed of the relationship with the man in the house. And she wants to avoid meeting anyone at Jacob's well. But the thing is, she couldn't avoid meeting Jesus at Jacob's well. This was an appointed meeting with Jesus. And she couldn't avoid this half an hour with Jesus. And Jesus is saying to this woman, see that man in your house. That man who will drink from this water you draw from Jacob's well, I assure you, I assure you, he will be thirsty again. He will be thirsty again and you will be back here again at midday at Jacob's well. And the whole sorry saga will will continue for the rest of your life until you come and drink from this living water. This will continue until your death comes until you come and drink from this fountain of living water. And you my friend, Jesus is saying to this woman, you'll never quench your brush. You'll never fill that empty void in your life. You'll never satisfy your deep desires. You'll never find true happiness. You'll never find rest for your soul until you come and drink from this living water. And with that, this woman, the Samaritan woman, she says in verse 15, Sir, give me this water. Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. But then Jesus, he responds, he continues the conversation. He responds by revealing that he knows that this woman is a woman with the past. He knows that she's had failed relationships. Which have brought separation and sadness and sorrow into her life. He knows that she's had five husbands in the past. And the man in our house just now isn't even her husband. He knows that she's searching for satisfaction. And security and safety. Jesus knows that she's looking for someone to love her for who she is. And you know I love the way that Jesus deals with this woman. This woman with a past. Notice Jesus doesn't dig up all the dirt on her past. He doesn't disgrace her. Doesn't degrade her. Doesn't say, who do you think you are talking to me? Jesus doesn't even say that he has to change her life. Or clean up her act before she can come and drink from this living water. No, all Jesus says to her is come. Just come. Come to me just as you are. Come to me and think. And that's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. He's saying to you, my friend, come to me and think. Come to me and drink. Because the truth is, my friend, like this woman, you might be crying. You might be trying to find satisfaction and security and safety in all the areas and avenues of life. But let me spare you, let me spare you the hurt of the heartache by telling you, you will never quench your thirst. You will never fill that empty void in your life. You'll never satisfy your soul. You'll never stop searching. You'll never find true happiness. You'll never find rest for your soul until you come and drink from this living water. And yes, like this woman, you might have a past. But as I said, we've all got a past. We've all got a past. You might have done things that you're ashamed of. You might have things that you regret. Things that you can't tell anyone about. But my friend, Jesus isn't interested in you. Because he knows your past. Jesus is interested in your present. Jesus wants you to deal with your present. He wants you to deal with what's happening today. Right here. Right now. Jesus is interested in this half an hour with him. Because he wants you to come to him and bring. The thing is, my friend, Jesus is speaking to you. He's speaking to you. But are you listening? Are you listening to him? And so there was a well with a past. And a woman with a past. And lastly we see a worshipper with a pass, A worshipper with a past. We look at verse 25. We're told there that the woman said to Jesus, I know that the Messiah or Christ is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, am he. As Jesus revealed what he knew about this woman, and that she was a woman with a past, the woman confesses, she says, you must be a prophet. And with that, we didn't read it again, but with that they start this conversation about worship. And the woman, she claims that although she's a, a woman with a past, she's still a, a religious woman. Although she didn't live according to her Bible, she says that she knows the Bible. She's been brought up with the Bible. She maybe went to Sabbath school. She might have gone to synagogue. She, was, she calls herself a religious woman. She may not have been as religious as other people, but she claims to be a worshiper. And a worshiper with a past. And I find this woman, she had spent her life, she had spent her life searching and seeking for satisfaction in all the wrong places. She would searched for satisfaction and security and safety in her relationships and in her religion. And you know what she discovered, is maybe what you need to discover this morning. That you'll never find satisfaction. You'll never find security. You'll never find safety for your soul, in your relationships, or in your religion. You'll never find safety, security, or satisfaction until you come to Jesus. Until you come to this Jesus. But you know, the question which needs to be asked is, well, how did Jesus take away her first? How did Jesus give her that living water? How did Jesus satisfy her soul How did Jesus do it for her, and how does Jesus do it for you? Well, the answer, of course, it's all found in Calvary.
1: It's all found in Calvary
0: because it was on the cross at Calvary, you remember, that at the same hour of the day, at the sixth hour, we're told, Jesus is bearing our sin, and he's breaking the silence at the cross, and he's crying, what? I, die. I thirst. And that's because it was through his thirst, as Jesus suffered the wrath of hell against our sin, it was through his thirst that out of him flowed rivers of living water. Out of him flowed rivers of living water. That's where we find satisfaction. And security and safety for our soul. It's by coming to the cross of Calvary. It's by coming to the one who promises us living water. Do you know, my friend John chapter four is telling us that at a well with a past there was a woman with a past and a worshipper with a past. And she had half an hour with Jesus, and that half an hour changed her life, because we're told that she left her water pot. Why right did the end of the chapter, uh, at the end of the passage, we're told that she left her water pot? Which is a symbol. A symbol that she was never going to thirst again for the water of this world. She leaves the water pot behind because she now has living water running through her soul. And where does she go? She goes home. She goes to the town of Siphon. She becomes one of the first missionaries in the gospel what does she say? She says to the people there, come. The same word she heard, come. Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Come and see this man. Come and drink this living water. My friend, if you could have half an hour with Jesus what would you ask him? If you could have half an hour with Jesus, what would you ask him? Would you ask him about sin, sickness, sorrow, salvation, or something else? The thing is, you've had half an hour with Jesus now. We've just spent half an hour with Jesus this morning. And in this half an hour with Jesus, Jesus has spoken to you from his word. He's called you to leave the past behind and deal with the present. To deal with today. And today he's saying to you, come. Come and drink this living water. Come and drink this living water. I always love the words of the 19th century free church minister. Horatius Bonham, he wrote a hymn called I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say. And in the second stanza of the hymn, he says, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. And what does Horatius Bonham write? He says, I came to Jesus and I drank. Of that life-giving stream, my thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in Him. All oh, my unconverted friend, I hope and I pray that you will be able to say that for yourself. I came to Jesus and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in heaven. If you could have half an hour with Jesus, what would you ask him? What would you ask him? And may the Lord bless these stars to us.